Welcome to Champ City, LA's fan first podcast that covers your champs, Dodgers, Lakers, and Rams. And every day we're going to bring you the most relevant and pertinent stories in LA sports. And on today's episode, we talk about how the King dominated in his hometown and how Kenley is finding a new mound to close on. Now, the Purple and Gold had an early start and beat the Cleveland Cavaliers 131 to 120. And to give us a reaction from tonight's win are my guys from the Stay Off My Grass podcast, Randy and Jeremiah. I don't like the Lakers winning, obviously, but um, this it was a good game. You know what I'm saying? I, I feel like it was a real entertaining game. I feel like Cleveland definitely fumbled it. You know what I'm saying? Like they needed this more than the Lakers needed it. And it kind of showed. And then you could kind of tell that LeBron might have said something to him, to the Lakers or whatever, or whatever the case may be. But everybody on the Lakers came out with a sense of urgency today. Like they was like, they not trying to lose or whatever the case may be. And like Cleveland almost pretty much handed it to him, especially at the end of the fourth. They just, collapse it just everything went bad and I feel like their youth kind of showed and the Lakers experience kind of showed and pre- kind of prevailed at the end of the game but LeBron finished with 38 10, uh, 11 and 12 and it was a good night but one thing I'll say before I hand it off to you Jay is like it's so crazy what the Lakers look like when they actually like go big you know what I'm saying like they force them Cleveland is an extremely long team so you have to go big against Cleveland and it's crazy when you actually throw Wayne and Gabriel on the on the on on the floor or whatever the case may be, and you actually go big and, you know what I'm saying, like the amount of stuff that can get done. But what did you see tonight? Once again, I'm going to give a shout-out to, to Frank Vogel. He put Dwight Howard on the floor. with the tradi- He put a traditional lineup on the floor again. You see what happens when you put a traditional lineup on the floor, Frank? That's two times. In the last three, you put a traditional lineup on the floor and you won the game. But um, early on in the game, I, I thought it was almost – I thought it was going to be a one of them, one of them ones. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> one. But it's, I, I was surprised to see him come back. You know, the guys are playing hard. DJ Augustine, that man didn't miss a shot tonight. Man, seven, seven with a with a dub. Go ahead, DJ, do your thing. Uh, Westbrook played a played a played a good game in my eyes. He really had I don't say one turnover at the end of the game. He would he made assists, but I mean the rebounds wasn't up there rebounds, but he got the assist done and then he put another twenty on the board. My next player on the on the list, I got Stanley Johnson. I'm not mad at Stanley Johnson for taking shots. Like, I want you to take those shots, brother. Like, you, you, you're, you're in the NBA for a reason. You shouldn't be scared to take those shots. I feel like we, I called him out last week when he played the Raptors because he would just look so passive and just so scary. But, like, man, when you're on the floor, he needs to be looking at Dwight Howard played. Oh, he only played 12 minutes tonight. But just having him on the floor, once again, it's impactful. You, you just need a, you need a big on the floor. I don't care. I don't care if the NBA shifted a small ball. You still need you a, a, a a nice big body on the floor. I do want to say that my problem with Frank Vogel all season has been lineups and rotations. I know you keep harping on this every time I say it, but when AD was playing, he needed to be playing with Dwight Howard. He needed that four and that traditional four and five purple. And when AD plays that way, like I said before, he doesn't have to chase all the rebounds. He doesn't have to go up for alley-oops every time. He doesn't have to challenge everyone's shot because he has that, that other being that can, you know, clean up after him or if he blunders that he gets to pick up AD, AD slack. But like I've always said about AD, this season at least, he needs to be playing with the center. He plays better when he plays at the four. Just point blank, period. Yeah, so tonight was a good one. It was a good game. It was a much-needed dub from y'all. And like I said, I'll give y'all, I'll get the credit when it's due. But with that being said, the Lakers are not back. I'm, that's the thing, like, yes, y'all got it for the Cleveland Cavaliers tonight, but it's just like, like, it's the Cavs at the end of the day, but they are pl- pretty good this year. But I, like I said, I'm not trying to diminish what y'all did tonight. So go ahead. You know what I'm saying? Don't 
know what I'm saying? Drink your little woohoo or whatever you, whatever the Laker fans do or whatever. Drink the Jack in the Box. <laughs> Go get your tacos, whatever the case may be, man. But it is what it is. But until next time, man, we'll catch y'all. Peace. Now, Champ City, it's great to see them get another win against a solid young team in the Cavs. And that win keeps the Lakers one game ahead of the Pelicans for the nine spot. So we're going to keep you updated as we head into the final push for the playoffs. Now, the good news is, is that we're always working on another chip here in Champ City. But this past week, we did have to say goodbye to a longtime Dodger. So to give us that news is James Curran from Faithful Angelino Sports. Kenley Jansen, leaving for Atlanta. Now the Dodgers offseason is starting to make a lot more sense, okay? Like a couple of days ago, they signed Freddie Freeman to this contract that just, I, I, it was ridiculous. Averages out to $27 million a year for a 32-year-old man. He's going to be 38 by the time it's done. It's a crazy long contract. Now they've stretched out the money. He's going to get paid until at 2040. I'm going to be dead. Look, I think I speak for a lot of people when I say when you're taking your dirt nap, you really don't care anymore what the neighbors make. Okay? But you're sitting there at the time with that contract, and I'm thinking to myself, what the hell was the point of the Major League Baseball lockout in the first place? To control salaries? I guess not. It's not just Freddie Freeman, mind you. Carlos Correa signs with the Minnesota Twins last night, and it's for like 30-plus million hey, dollars. Hey, I mean, there were a lot, there's a lot of money being thrown around, Kenley Jansen, he leads for Atlanta. He's going to have a one-year contract for $6 million, and he's going to pitch one inning. It's crazy. Now, one of the reasons that the signing of Freeman was so bizarre to be was you're sitting there going, wait a second, they still have to go out and sign Kenley. But they didn't. And now we're starting to figure out why. Now, losing Jansen sounds painful. He is, without question, the greatest Dodger reliever ever. 350 career saves. You don't just say goodbye to that. Or do you? Because we ran the numbers earlier today with the players that the Dodgers have let go in free agency and with Freeman coming in. The Dodgers' payroll last year was approximately $277 million, which is amazing. I can't even fathom that amount of money, but right now it's $282 million. So they've only added $5 million to the payroll. So... If that's the case, you're looking at Kenley Jansen and you're sitting there thinking, we don't need to hear Tupac on the loudspeakers. Ain't that big a deal. Not when you're going to have the lineup the Dodgers are going to have. Holy smokes. I mean, we went through the lineup a couple of days ago. Even with the designated hitter, there is not an easy out anywhere in that lineup. There's four MVPs on the Dodgers roster right now, including, of course, Freeman. And Gavin Lux, once again, the odd man out. He's just going to probably be a spot starter. But again, everything comes with a cost. Who are the Dodgers going to get out? Right? Who's your closer? We don't know yet. 
Now, it might be by committee. If you ask me, the first man up is going to be Blake Trinan. He's been a closer before. And they've also added a couple of other people who used to be closers. I think basically their idea is to see how things shake out long term, but Trinan's going to get the first shot. But then you're also saying, who are they going to get out of the rotation? This is not a rotation that you necessarily trust. It's very top heavy. I mean, when Andrew Friedman first came in to run the Dodgers, he had a couple of people he could trust. He had a young Clayton Kershaw and he had Zach Greenke. And he's sitting there going, well, how the hell am I going to fill this out? And so he starts signing random starting pitchers. <clears throat> Guys with experience who were just iffy, right? So you're sitting there going, hooray, Grinky's pitching. Hooray, Kershaw's pitching. And then you would cringe. Then you would pray for rain. Because you're looking at this and you're saying, who the hell is Brandon McCarthy? Who the hell is Alex Wood? Brett Anderson, Scott Casimir, Mike Bo the Bollinger. The list went on and on. Until they started building up their minor league system. And then they started getting people like we're about to talk about in a moment. Right now, it's the same thing for the Dodgers. You do have a couple of youngsters that you trust. You do trust Walker Bueller to be your ace. He's terrific. You do trust Julio Arias. And then you have Clayton Kershaw coming in now at number three. But after that, you start cringing. Who's four? Who's five? They signed Tyler Anderson yesterday. Tyler Anderson, yes, last year, last seen stinking up the joint both in Pittsburgh and Seattle. David Price, remember him? <laughs> he was a throw-in for the Boogie Betts deal because Boston was trying to shed salary. What is he pitching? 70 miles an hour now? Yeah, all right. Batting practice fastballs. We got you. Andrew Heaney? I think, I think he got booed out of New York. I think he was their number four. He couldn't hack it. Trevor Bauer, don't get us started on him. I'm, we don't know if he's going to pitch. He's getting paid for nothing right now, but we have no idea what the hell to think. Fair? They signed Danny Duffy yesterday, a guy who blew out his elbow last year. He hasn't pitched since June. We have no idea when he's pitching again. Same for Dustin May. So as you can see, the Dodgers are basically saying, look, we're going to try and put up seven or eight runs a game. And pray to God, pray to the big Dodger in the sky that we're going to figure out how to get to 27 outs. It's a fascinating question if you're a Dodgers fan. Because this ain't your Dodgers, this ain't your father's Dodgers where, where the rotation was strength. It's all about mashing the ball over the fence and hoping for the best. What do you think? I'd actually like to find out who you think is going to be a fourth or fifth starter, because I have no clue. I'm James. Thanks for watching. Well, that does it for today's episode. Thanks so much for listening. You can find the links to all of our contributors in the show notes and come find us on Twitter at Champ City Pod, or you can send us an email at champcitypodcast at gmail.com. Lastly, if you enjoyed the show, please share it with another LA sports fan and let's keep building Champ City together. It's always a pleasure hanging out with you. We'll see you tomorrow.